Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. One quick point. Actually, I might now have 160 uh, in the cash up above that I can operate with. But since I filled this out, I, I got a little extra. And to that point, what's your kind of stance on the buying your buying your first home versus kind of jumping into the investment world? And I apologize if you meant to bring that up uh, earlier. No, later. I think it's good timing because quite frankly, your situation is pretty simple. There's, we ran out of stuff to talk about. So this is a good time to bring it in. I would say, okay, let's real talk. Are you guys married or what's the deal? Yeah, we're married. Okay. And are you guys like, what do they think about not buying a place to live in? She's more traditional when it comes to that. She's more of the, I want to own, we should own first, but she's also pretty easygoing. So she's from Brazil and right now in Brazil, there's a pretty big move where folks are selling their homes and then they're taking that money and they're putting it into an investment that pays like a decent dividend and then they're rent and then trying to live off that extra dividend from that investment. So, so she's more, she's open to probably both. I would just have to start planting the seed and start guiding the boat a little bit. But as far as past investments or investing, she's all, she's gung ho for it. Cool. Cool. So I'm just, I'm trying to just see what you're up against. Obviously most people will think you're crazy, right? You don't want to throw rent money down the drain, which is totally inaccurate in my opinion. You're always going to need a place to live and it's ultimately a game of arbitrage. Can you invest the money and make more money than the money sitting dead in your house and go up and down with inflation? Again, the general advice I give is for most people, you're not, most people are really bad with their money and they need a freaking horse piggy bank, which is what a house is. So they, most people should go buy a house. But for you, my friend, you are destined to be financially free in <laughs> five to 10 years. No, I don't know. Five to 10 years. We'll see, but it'll be, your life will be very different. I think in that time frame. I don't know. I think that you guys should definitely rent. And here's the crazy thing, right? Like people with less than $50,000 net worth are buying houses that are 500 to million dollars in Hawaii and California. My net worth is a lot higher than that, a lot higher. And I don't feel like I should buy a house, a million dollar house, which is nothing here in Hawaii and probably nothing in California until my net worth is like eight figures possibly, or definitely maybe 5 million or more. What's your thought process behind that? What got you to that uh, decision point? I, I think after four and a half million dollars net worth at that point, you should have enough money to be able to live your life totally free so that's when you start to buy you start to fly first class and you start to buy exotic cars and houses totally frivolous things like a house but let's talk about the cons right the cons are security right people have this sense of they want to be able to have a house to live in and not be able to be uprooted in case the landlord wants to sell so you can mitigate that risk by finding a landlord and getting on the same page with them, signing a long-term lease and just getting a personal understanding with the man or gal and saying, Hey, this is what you, you want. And that's probably what they really want. They want a long-term tenant to pay for their stupid San Diego. It doesn't make sense cash flow wise. So that can help mitigate that. Have you gone down this, this path? As you can see, you get this, right? It's just planting the seed and just letting it go. Just 
compound yeah. later. You're right. The fact that even with the like 50 grand investment in that one deal in in Dallas, the building that had the courthouse where the Bonnie and Clyde trial occurred. Yeah, like even some, something like that, the, the depreciation and then the cash flow from that, it's pretty good. You take a portion of that, of the savings I have, and uh, let's say you only do, you do 250 grand drops investments. That gets decently close for paying for rent right there. You're already getting stabilized as far as that goes. And if you do something like AHP or a pref equity investment, which is lower risk, lower return, you're still coming out positive, right? In this little arbitrage game. It's a total no-brainer. But these are the hard decisions yeah. that people have to make if you want financial freedom. You can't have your cake and eat it too. If you mind my asking, are you guys, did you rent, have you rented for the first, you know, few years of out of college? Or did you get a house or? I bought a house strategy? and that was my origin story. And then I bought another house too, but that was because my company was relocating me and they paid for a lot of closing costs and stuff like that. So I thought I should take advantage of it. But if it weren't for that, I rent all today personally. When me and my spouse got together, this was a big source. Of, it wasn't a source of contention. She's pretty chill. If not, I would have married her. But like she had a condo. I said, yeah, let's, let's sell that sucker. It's dead equity. And of course, her whole family and her friends thinks that they're totally, she's totally crazy. But that's cool. That's like a Bonnie and Clyde. We're going to go do this. And even though everybody thinks, or Romeo and Julia, everybody thinks it's wrong, what's right. And you guys are going to stick up like a couple and transcend what every, all the naysayers say. Hey. So we sold that property and I put her into a couple deals. And one of the deals just doubled the money in two and a half years. And now we went, yes, yeah, suckers. <laughs> look what happened. And look what right. prop happened to the property. Just numbers don't lie. We grew our money faster. And now... One little like tip for you is like at the time, like our budget for a place to live was like a couple grand. So I was like, I got to sweeten the pot a little bit. I got to be smart. We really cool. We'll go honey, go look out for something that's 2,500 a month or $3,000 a month. Of course I did the math and I know if I did the arbitrage, I don't know exactly what it was, but if we rented something for less than 4,500 at the end of the day, it would make, there's always a crossover point and you can't just rent something that's 10 grand a month. That's absurd. Yeah, yeah. There's a crossover point. So I think the crossover point was around four to $5,000. I'm just guessing here. So I'm smart. I'm a good negotiator. So I go to the wife and say, Hey, why don't you go find something that's $2,500? And then she went and like, Oh, that's, these are nice houses. Oh, okay. Now you see how this works. But then the hard thing was like, my family and my friends are going to give me a lot of crap. Hey, trust me. Like Aladdin, trust me on this <laughs> magic carpet ride. Trust me. And so that was how it went for me. Where were you at in this discussion or is family, friends, is that a big part of it too? I'd say yes and no, which is not a really good answer. So let me give you a little bit more, better of an answer. So we've actually been house hunting in the past few months. You can't do that. Then they fall in love with, you know. We don't have to worry about that because we've lost seven homes. <laughs> so okay. I honestly, at this point, she's coming around and, I, and I'm coming around and I'm like, I, I was already, I already thought it was like, this is, doesn't make sense yeah, to count. market, that's overpaying yeah. us. It's yep, not yep, the time yep. to be buying. I think she and I are coming around to the the other options to, to leverage yourself a little bit more. And I think the security thing is probably the number one thing. But again, because that's happening in Brazil and folks are cashing out and putting it into investment funds, I think there might be some more openness to that. Regardless, I think the like the first time home buyer market 
And I don't know, I'm not sure what the situation is with Hawaii. I, I, I presume it's similar because there's also limited real estate there is in California, but the, the price per square foot of your smaller entry houses are way higher. I mean, the price per square foot for your million dollars is cheaper. So that's all to say, I think we're both at that point. We're like, all right, let's do something else with this chunk of gold in my savings account. Yeah. And, and maybe people don't understand this, but maybe this applies, but here in Hawaii, like a $600,000 property is a piece of junk here. So it's not... <laughs> Now you fall in love with this and you got his problems anyway. Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator Podcast.